Welcome, data people. We are Zuma. My name is Matt, and this is the Data for Good podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Zuma. Zuma is a dedicated recruitment company focusing on data positions across Berlin. The Data for Good podcast is for the world of data science, analytics, and engineering, giving you a platform to the thoughts and opinions of data leaders from Berlin and beyond. Today, we are joined by Ishan Varshne, Head of Engineering at Celerex. Ishan, welcome. How are you? I'm great. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Pleasure to have you on. So, yeah, first off, can you give us a, a quick introduction? Yeah, of course. So, I'm Ishan. Um, I'm Head of Engineering at CellarX. A uh, quick background about me. So, um, what brought me here was uh, I studied computer science as an undergrad, or actually did computer science and economics. And I was thought I was going to be an economist, but uh, turns out it's much easier to get a job as a programmer or was, um, you know, at the time than being an economist. Uh, and then, yeah, I was in, in programming, worked in places where there were a lot of statistics, you know, statistical models. Um, so which inspired me to go back to university, get a master's in artificial intelligence. And since then, I've always worked in the sort of intersection between software engineering and uh, machine learning. And yeah, what brings me uh, to this moment, so like in my background, like I was born in India, but I grew up in Australia and I've been in Berlin for the last four years, which is where Celerex is. Nice. And, and Celerex, for those who aren't aware, most will, but Celerex, what, what are they about? Yeah, so Celerex is a very interesting um, company, especially when you look at it from an engineering point of view, but I guess we'll get to that. Um, Celerex is a e-commerce aggregator mm -hmm. and what that means is that um, it allows people who sell the, uh, who sell things on places like Amazon mm -hmm. um, you can sell your business to um, Celerex and right. we measure from from then on so we have a bunch of tools that allow us to scale businesses to several marketplaces um, both in terms of capital and also in terms of software. So they focus on the products, you focus on the business, help them grow. Yeah, exactly. Onwards and upwards. Awesome. Well, today we're, we're here to talk about quite a hot topic, interesting topic. We've uh, shared a few discussions already on this area. We're going to talk automation, chat GPT, LMMs. So you're quite an advocate for this area. You've seen a lot of results in the increase in productivity so yeah give it, tell us a bit more about what you've seen so far uh okay yeah i mean maybe i think so let's let's focus on software because yeah. that's a use case that i just feel most comfortable with in terms of uh understanding and you know seeing seeing the whole host of uh issues there so i mean I like to see the art of like creating software in like two sort of buckets. Right. There's one side that's designing systems and another side, which is, which is just translating business logic into code. Mm -hmm. Right. So if, for example, if some, someone says, you know, uh, I'd like to have a button for my website for, for checkout. So that's business logic. And now you need to convert it into code to make it happen. And I think that's where 
those are the kind of problems chat gpt is very good at mm -hmm. if you provide it the questions or you formulate the questions and the context in the appropriate way so i think that's very important so it sounds like it's the simple the kind of basic tasks that aren't really requiring creativity more functionality that it comes into its own yeah i mean okay i wouldn't call them simple but I, the, the bit i would agree with you is, is that the task that no software engineer i think really enjoys doing i, I think we, we we all find ways to find the joy in it or yeah. um or i think more often find ways to like split hairs because i think that's something is like yeah we should do things this way and and not that way and this is how us we as software engineers keep ourselves entertained it's like yeah. this works better that works better because the actual i think no one enjoys the task of just like converting business logic into code which i think is more like the work I think a translator does. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas on the other side, the other side of software engineering, you have, um, you know, really interesting problems about how things scale, um, you know, in different conditions or, or how, how systems talk to each other, for example, like that's the other side where chat GPT can't, can't help us. But I think on the, the side of translating, on translating business problems, yes, they can be simple, but sometimes it's, really just a matter of breaking the problem down to one or two decisions ideally one so like mm -hmm. we, we have this term internally inside of um CellarX. um call, we call it a one-step problem that right. the decision making that's required from chat gpt needs to be one small jump and then it just gives you gives you the output so you know for example um Let's say you've written a Python script that gets data from one endpoint, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and let's say you have like two or three different examples. Well, what you can give ChatGPT is you can say, look, here's the documentation of this new endpoint that we haven't implemented. Right. And here's the examples of previous implementations that we've done for that endpoint. So the only jump it needs to make is like, okay, so this is, this is the documentation for the for the new endpoint mm -hmm. and these are previous examples. So what it's able to do is it gives you code that is compliant to how you do it, uses the same libraries that you you do it because yeah. it's previous examples. Yeah. And the only jump it needs to make is just go, okay, I need to convert what this documentation says into the way um Celerex Engineering does their like um code integration or whatever you want to call it. Like basically mm -hmm. you can data from that API. And then it outputs the result and off you go. Um, so like we, we like to see them as one-step problems versus like simple problems. Is the documentation and the hard foundational work done previously, is that where this could become a challenge and it can create wrong processes? Um, so I, I, I mean the documentation from the actual API that you're consuming, right? So, right. Um, so that isn't, but yeah, the fact that you bring documentation, it's sort of, it's actually a central tenant in how you automate these processes. So mm -hmm. 
what I just described to you, this process of like, okay, so here's the new endpoint we want to implement. Yeah. Uh, how do you grab the other instances? So the mm -hmm. other files that are most similar, most relevant to the new thing you, you want to generate? Uh, and how do you grab, grab the documentation for it? How to do that at scale in a programmatic way? That's that's um, the challenge and documentation plays a, a big role in that. So I don't know if we want to take a step back here and walk through a little bit about um, how we specifically do data pipelines. Because one of the things I mentioned previously is like Celerex is unique from an engineering perspective in that it is that we have no external website. It is all data pipelines. So it's just really moving data from one yeah. place to another and transforming it, mm -hmm. which I mean, for me is a dream because because <laughs> when <laughs> things break, you you know, you have like yeah. a few more minutes than when you have a website and then customers get a 400 or whatever. Yeah. Um, so one of the problems that we came across quite early in our journey when we were developing data pipelines is no one team has this well i think it it just becomes un, untenable to have one team go end to end with the data to write the api uh yeah. integration that gets the data chucks it in the data warehouse goes from the data warehouse to the first layer of our data warehouse does the transformations further transformations with business yeah. logic monitoring and all the way to so you get the point like this it's a giant pipeline mm -hmm. and i think it's just like not possible to have one team go end to end um or or rather yeah one person go end to end yeah. right not, not one team so we came up with a specific yaml definition mm -hmm. that encapsulates the whole pipeline end to end to a point where if you can write this documentation, it's really sort of documentation is that's how it started out. If you write this bit of documentation that this is um, data coming from Amazon that needs to be pulled at this frequency is stored in this format. These are the columns that we expect from it. This is the metadata. Mm -hmm. And this is how we want it to be like deduplicated. So, you know, if we pull it many times, we only have this row um, that reaches the stakeholders. Yeah. Yeah. So if you if you can document all of that, we've had some very promising results with using this documentation as input. So yeah. we create a new pipeline that we haven't integrated. We get previous, you know, uh, YAML files that look most similar and the associated output. So this YAML has, you know, this Python script, this uh, DBT code, this that. Mm -hmm. Have them as as uh, inputs. And then we're able to generate each part of that pipeline without having to type the whole thing out ourselves. Yeah. And I think that's where it's becoming very interesting for us is how can we really um, create these assistants? So we're creating AI assistants very specific for the SellRx use case. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, which essentially take out a lot of that manual labor that, that you need to type the things out when, you know, it's really just one or two step problems that you're doing over and over again. Where's the ownership? Who's monitoring? Who's overseeing all of this? 
yeah that's that's uh you're, you're getting you're getting to the to the heart of some problems so um one of the values that we have inside satellite engineering is that you should be able to go from an idea to a walking skeleton in the shortest amount of time like that is the, like a walking sounds like an mvp right yeah or the, the ugliest version possible in the shortest amount of time so that is one of our values and because most of your lessons are learned in production right we can always debate ideas and you can split hairs again about what to do but you have to build something and only then you can really have an honest discussion with your team about whether it works or not or whether it provides any value or not so for a lot of what i've described we're in this walking skeleton this like idea stage and it's got really promising results and now it gets to the point of okay so we have you know these uh, let's call them tools or assistants that yeah. generate the code for now we've just taken the policy that at the end of the day it's the engineer who's using these things they're still completely responsible for the code mm -hmm. so much so that you know we've even had we've added warnings where we know specifically there's some fields that it just doesn't do well on like if right. you ask it to like tag something like come up with names for what it sh what should be the relevant tags be it's mm -hmm. just not going on because it doesn't have all the context that you know we do so we you know we add like warnings like make sure that you double check this <laughs> this value um and ultimately the ownership is with the person that is responsible for the task it's just that this is a tool that you know makes them go whatever maybe two times as fast we don't know we have to do some some metrics on that yeah. one sounds like you've had some tough lessons and to put these warnings in and, and learn the hard way um yeah i mean i think it's it's in in the in certain instances it's pretty obvious oh. right like i think if you if you play around with llms enough you get an idea for how they work and how they think yeah um so you can already spot where uh, which places it's gonna have uh, troubles generating things that you want and after the first couple of trials experimentations a little bit further down the line have you experienced surprises so you think you've understood how it thinks it's worked in a certain way for a set amount of time and then it's changed its behavior or it's surprised you is that happened yeah, but the, the changing of behavior is an interesting one so i mean anecdotally i've definitely noticed yeah. um when i'm you know going one-on-one -on -one, so not in like a let's say an uh production environment or like for our ai assistant tools because there the context we're generating is just so rich that you're not yeah. it's not going to be the same as mm -hmm. you and i would when we go to like chat.openai.com it's yeah. just it's just a lot of context um but yeah anecdotally i think you definitely see that there's something going on where it's it's quality it's just missing some very basic things you yeah. know i'm talking about gpt4 and i'm talking about you know um yeah like the 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 top, top end model what do you want to call it um but yeah so we don't really see that change in quality because maybe the context is so robust or we really boiled the problem down to a really small decision making but uh, what we have found, I wouldn't say surprising, but it's been an interesting journey is to look at how we can 
um, incorporate elements of search into the result. So what we right. were talking about before with on, on the software engineering use case, you know, it's there's no search. Like we have these vector DBs and that we can also talk a little bit about the mechanics if you wish about how, how to build these contexts. But um, if you want to incorporate elements of like information that's on the web, right? Um, we've found like a little bit of a, you know, very hit or miss. So sometimes it shows these very promising results if you include like a Google search API. Yeah. But other times it 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 doesn't. So it's search is still a frontier that we don't have a, like a really good feeling for when it works and when it doesn't work. So mm -hmm. something to keep keep an eye on for the future. Um, but yeah, in 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 most cases, it's the it, it's always been surprising that it's been able to to do it. Um, especially if you have access to the 32K. I don't know if you know uh, about the distinction between tokens. Yeah, uh, briefly. But for those who don't, sure. Yeah, it's essentially um, to tokens is is what um, these things sort of count your limit. So the amount it can take in and respond. Mm -hmm. And your token limit is both a combination of what text you give it and what you expect out of it. Mm -hmm. So right. I think um, by default or you know the first model was an 8k model so 8000 tokens which is roughly i don't quite remember this but like a page right mm -hmm. uh, pages page worth of um data and then uh you have naturally maybe, maybe it's more don't uh, yeah. forget, forget that but um you also have the 32k model which is really a lot you know it's like mm -hmm. um, it, it's a surprising amount of um text you can input and output um, sometimes it's, it's really failed on some tasks that you feel are basic. Like you give it this, you know, as in any company you have these, you have these giant, uh, swaths of legacy code yeah. where you know, people who left the company have like, you know, written this and it's just this, whatever mammoth 2000 line thing. Mm -hmm. And you go ask chat GPT is like, okay, can you help, uh, document this, you know, go, go into the code and just line by line, give us like a breakdown in, in uh, plain English. And it just fails, fails on some of those things where I yeah. think you'd think that it, it should be able to gather some things about yeah. you know, how the data is moving. Um, so yeah, it, it's, I think that there's just, it's really a matter of exploring um, your actual problems and, and then just seeing what works. And it's really a process of iteration and also in, in using your intuition about yeah. it's failing and why. And I mean, I mean, kudos to you. You're one of the first movers. It's still a hugely, well, it's very big unknown about what it actually is and how it's working behind the scenes on chat GPT's angle, for example. There's going to be people thinking, how did you get the buy-in from those above? the board to be such a, an early mover in using these tools i think it's just a credit to credit to the team at Celerex. um there's no i think that it, it's very much let's do what what works mm -hmm. and of course there you know there was an initial investment where you had to sink in you know some developer time uh and and energy into you know finding the first few use cases where 
we could um, really see the value, but it didn't it didn't take very long to get there. Mm-hmm. And then we were able to really double down and and move forward. So I think it's really a credit to you know the team at Celerex, uh with with the CTO we have Lars um, and the CEOs Malta and Philip. They they really saw the value in it themselves and saw that you could with a little bit of investment it could it could go a long way. So but uh, but having said that we we're not we haven't you know kicked massive goals per se. It's not like you know we're we're a thousand times um faster or what or whatnot yeah. but it's still like incremental Im- improvements in, in the way we work um but like you said i think we're, we're so early on that um i think most companies are going to head this way one way or another whether it's like SaaS companies that that offer offer these tools but i think yeah. the more likely case is that you build software which then writes software right versus just writing one-off scripts doing the we spoke about a bit earlier the mundane tasks is, is that the direction that it will continue to go in or do you think it will start creeping into the creative design and that enables us to take part in even more complex work where, where do you see it that's i i just think the the bar for what we think is um I don't know what we think uh intelligent like I mean I don't even know what the right word is but like task for humans yeah it always keeps changing like 20 years ago it was chess so we thought yeah chess is like a, a very a thing that computers can never do mm. and then now they do it uh and we're like yeah but chess chess wasn't it it's go and then it it smashes go it's like okay go wasn't it either and then it was program uh, you know like no no they can't program so I think we keep pushing that bar for what um, can't be automated. Mm. But I think at the end of the day, what, at least with the LLMs approach, I don't know about what happened in the future, is what you're doing is you're, you know, we have this term prompt engineering. Yeah. Like you're mapping uh, some bit of text to some output. So at the end of the day, you still need to tell it what to do and to do it in a way that is authentic or specific to what you or your company is trying to build. Because mm. if everyone said, write me a website that, that um, you know, sells sunglasses, we can all do that. But if we go, you know, write me a website that sells sunglasses, but, you know, um, has three photos up here and then they have to scroll all the way down for the last photo. So like, you still have to tell it what to do. Yeah. And I think that's the direction that we'll, we'll head in where you have to understand how these things work mm-hmm. and be able to, yeah, in some sense reverse engineer it. So to get what you want from it, you have to understand how it thinks <laughs> as strange yeah. as it says, or, or how it works. And I think with LLNs, that's always going to be true. For the, for, for the example of a prompt engineer, they're asking a question, but they kind of know what the answer should be. Will it ever get to a point where, I mean, I couldn't use ChatGPT and say, build me a website because I don't understand the fundamentals and best practices. Someone like yourself, you could probably build a website extremely quickly because you know what needs to be done so 
Is that always going to be the case? We're still going to need domain knowledge to ask the right question. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, well, it's interesting because I think there's, we've all heard stories of people who didn't know how to set up a website or create a, a let's say, a simple website, zero knowledge. Yeah. But using chat GPT, they were able to do it. Right. And similarly, like, okay, I mean, I'm, I'm probably not the, um, so you're saying that I could set up a website, like probably not, I'm, I'm, I'm not the world's best yeah. web engineer, but um, yeah, I think I would maybe know enough to go through chat GPT and create a, a reasonable website. Mm. And mm. similarly, I think um, there's lots of stories of programmers who let's say have never written, you know, they were whatever, a Java developer. Actually, maybe that's not great stuff, but like, yeah, something unrelated and they wanted to write an iPhone app and they knew nothing about it. But using chat GPT, they were able to get to the point where they released an, an iPhone app, more or less how, <clears> how they did. It, it might not be like a, a, the one with the most bells and whistles. Yeah. Something, right? So I think over time, yeah, the amount of domain knowledge you need will decrease. But compared to someone, I guess, who has domain knowledge, <laughs> you're still yeah. going to be slower, right? And probably um, in terms of the, the output or the quality, sorry, the, yeah, the quality of the output, um, that'll obviously vary. And that's something that ChatGPT isn't great at. It's like, it's, if you don't know the nitty gritty or, well, I mean, let's maybe take a step back on how these things are trained, right? They're trained on public data on the internet. Mm -hmm. and and, you know, each company has their own secret question and answer bank. Secret that, source. Yeah, they're exactly. The, 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 the secret source that no one wants to uh, reveal. So by definition, you know, the things that we perceive to be higher quality, higher end, I mean, not everything is quote unquote yeah. impressive high quality, right? Yeah. So by definition that's going to be super underrepresented in the in the data sets right so and 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 the needle always moves like the websites today would be mind blowing like even the simplest websites is would probably be mind blowing whatever 20 years ago so mm. the bar always shifts so as soon as chat gpt or llms are doing something really easily cuz it's very it's highly represented in your yeah. training data then the person with with the domain knowledge can not only leverage that to move faster, but then also bring their expertise to raise the bar, which you know ChatGPT can't do. Mm. Are we just raising the whole bar, and then the base level for business for professionals is just there's no, for example, uh, recruitment for dummies, books, textbooks anymore because ChatGPT has just raised the bar. And the value add comes from on top of that with the secret source is, are we just shifting the base level across business? Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think we'll all be doing way more. There'll be a deluge and maybe, maybe we're not experiencing it quite yet, but um, you know, the amount of basic apps that mm -hmm. you know, I don't know movie recommendations or whatever. Not to no offense to anyone who has a movie recommendation, <laughs> but you know, uh, there's probably 
there was already probably hundreds, but now there'll be like millions because everyone's, you know, hello world. Yeah. Will be a movie app with ChatGPT. So, you know, when you like want to learn a new programming language, instead of writing hello world, which maybe you know, right? Like that's the thing that you write first when you learn a new programming. Now it's like a IMDB uh, <laughs> filter app. Yeah. Um, so in that way, I think the, the bar will be raised, but it's also that we'll be doing way more. So, mm. um, you know, maybe today it takes, I don't know, 10 software engineers, whatever, to run uh, a, a website that has a million users. But I think down the line, 10 software engineers run a whole business, right? Not only the website, but customer service, right? You, you, you have agents to deal with that. Uh, automation of even, you know, if you want to interface with a supplier which needs a PDF in a very particular format, you don't, you don't have to necessarily do that yourself. You create a framework around it. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, you have someone that goes, yep, that looks good. And, you know, final human in the loop. So nothing disastrous happens. So I think it's just that we'll be doing more and potentially just doing uh, well, at the, at the moment, anyway, more of the stuff that it can't do, which is figuring out what are the problems in the real world or mm -hmm. what are the, you know, people problems or human-based problems of like making a team run together as a unit. That's something yeah. it can't do. So that's what we'll be focusing on. It's like, okay, so those 10 people, how can we keep them in sync as best as possible mm -hmm. so that they can execute their vision uh, in the most effective way? Is are we at the beginning of the end of admin? Are we going to be doing eight hours of creative, productive work? Well, is, that the is that the dream? <laughs> yeah, I, I hope so. Yeah, or yeah, it could be that or that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I wonder how it's how it's going to go um, because. Um, I do think to some extent you need programming experience to be able to tie these things together. Mm. So maybe I'm, I'm, I've drunk the Kool-Aid a little bit too much, but I do think probably the most important skill, um, even with chat GPT is knowing how to program, um, to, to, if, if you want to harness, you know, um, chat GPT to its full extent, like if, if, if that is your goal. Um, so yeah, I, I wonder if, if someone for a very specific use case, um, you know, with an hour of their time, you can really automate a very specific problem that you have. And for that person, it's like, you know, yep. Had my one client did an hour of work and that's enough to pay the rent for the, for the month, you know, like. I, I do think with with these tools, like to our earlier point about specialization. Mm -hmm. So if everyone can do the baseline to get that extra edge of expertise of domain knowledge, you you got you get in touch with the the person and she's the best uh chat GPT automator um mm -hmm. of um yeah, let's say this one very specific part of the old pipeline. You hire her for an hour to solve the problem for you, and the thing runs, runs, uh, yeah, as long as you want. I'm, uh, it's, 
it's fascinating we could we could go on for 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 yeah. hours i'm conscious of time so i'm i'm going to going to finish it with one question um people are going to be fascinated by the success you've had um and you mentioned about the, the backing of the board if i may maybe not in a position of decision making at a company but want to start planting the seed uh, in my company, in my team, to get the results and the productivity levels that you have been doing, where do I start? Um, build a build a quick little MVP for something that your company does on a daily basis. So it's simply find a task that you see some someone in in the company or your team or a team. Uh, spending a lot of time doing yeah. could be writing code could be something else um once you've identified it it's really just a matter of looking at um i think there's so many resources right mm -hmm. look at uh prompt engineering something to do with vector dbs or even before that i would just do it manually inside chat gpt so yeah. take some examples that uh you know that work give it the problem see the output and if it's close to resembling what you wanted i think it's just really a matter of iterating a little bit on, on what's there and then once you have that you can there's so many resources to figure out how you can do this at scale so you don't have to type the thing in yourself yeah um and in, at any of those stages you know show show it to yeah like you said who the, your the board or your boss um and see their reaction awesome yeah credit to you and, and all the team for being uh so open and sharing your experiences i think a lot of people will be um fascinated to to hear your success but that is what we all have time for that's all we have time for today thank you ishan for your time and your rich insights thanks matt yeah really appreciated the, the chat been great fun and to the listeners always as always drop your questions feedback um and don't forget to like and share so we can reach as many people as possible but it is bye from us thanks once again nishan ciao for now yeah.